This is the Two Guys Being Dudes podcast with your host, Jared Camden and Jason Adams. Two average guys just being dudes. From MMA to golf, from Big Brother to Fargo, from Fireball to Pappy, they talk it all. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Well, Jason, we survived Las Vegas. We are back, and one big thing is back, baby. Football. It was a big football weekend. The Ohio State Buckeyes got the uh, got the W for us. Our predictions were both right. We both covered. Jason, how are you feeling about the uh, state of the Ohio State Buckeyes? You know, it's kind of interesting. I uh, First time in my adult life that I didn't live in Columbus to watch a Buckeyes game. So... We found the official Buckeye bar here in Chicago, McGee's, um, and it was pretty cool. I realized that I must be an old man now because everybody there was in their late 20s, early 30s, so I definitely had the age on everyone. Uh, And you know me, I'm a little superstitious, uh, and during the first half, I got a little concerned. I was never worried about the game, really never worried. But I had two things going on. One is I had some bets made, of course, and I was concerned about the cover. But more, I was also concerned about the potential to set a horrible tradition of losing and not having a bar to go to to watch the games while I'm here in uh, Chicago. But the second half turned around. But unfortunately, I was so irritated by the way the first half went, I left McGee's. And I came home to watch the game for the second half. Uh, so during the transition of leaving the bar at halftime and coming home, the Buckeyes, I think, put 14 points up and it turned the game around completely. So now... So is McGee's to blame here? Is I, McGee's a problem of the slow start? I, I, I don't know. Like, I want to test the theory again, but I can't do it this week because I'll be in Columbus to watch the Oklahoma game. Uh, and I'm trying to find... Is it UNLV, I think, as we play eventually, who got upset the other day by... Um, Oh, I can't even think of the name now, but I think that's the game I'll go to McGee's for again. That way, okay. there's not as much at risk here early on, and I'd feel more confident, and we'll see if it's a McGee's thing or not. So, oh, wow, I mean, putting it all on McGee's is pretty strong. I mean, I wouldn't mind to put it on JT Brisket. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't know many, I, don't, I don't know how many nicknames I came up for JT during the game while I was texting you, but... Uh, I want to. I'm excited to get past this Oklahoma game, which we'll talk about that in a little bit, uh, and get, play some of these warm up. I want to see who's on the bench because JT Brisket isn't moving like he used to. Looks a little heavier, and the ball is just. I have concern. I have legitimate concern about what's going to happen against Oklahoma. So I have some inside sources, and I can tell you the official word is that JT lost 3% body fat and gained muscle this offseason and that his scale weight is identical to what he came in as last year. That's what I've heard. Maybe it's just the gray pants aren't very slimming, Maybe, but he looked like a goddamn Winnebago out there. I'm like, what are you doing, JT Barrett? Like, I just felt like our offense didn't, nothing changed. Now, the second half was great. I know Indiana was going to come out strong because, you know, they're, they're playing at home. It was a night game. Allegedly, they were saying they had game day there. I'm like, that's not a fucking game day. <laughs> like, yeah. you just got a Thursday football game, and you still fucking suck, Indiana. But, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I, I don't know exactly where my uh, – I was the biggest JT guy. I mean, wow. I, was the, I, was, 
I wrote for JT, but I think you got to be careful too, because Kevin Wilson started saying early this year that he wasn't going to put JT in those running situations as much so we can make sure that he's healthy for the entire season, which I understand. And I also don't like the idea of JT running multiple times, um, with, especially when it comes into playing some of these more up-tempo games because I think his first instinct is to put tuck the ball in. And if you looked at this time, the one thing that I was happy about, even in the first half, I saw JT looking at one, two, and three receivers at a time. Now, granted, apparently they were covered or he just didn't feel comfortable throwing the ball, but I at least saw him looking downfield more than I'd seen at all last year. So, and you're right though. And I have to tell you, the text chain, you had like 15 to 20 in a row JTs. And I think you've settled with JT Prisket, but there was, uh, there were a lot of good ones in there. But, you know, in the second half, I think he showed more, confidence in his runner and his uh, receivers and I felt that the whole team it's a first game away uh not having Mike Weber in the backfield I thought was pretty important too Uh, even though J.K. Dobbins just did a a bang out job not having some sort of of kind of history in the back there and just going there with a true freshman first freshman since Maurice right that ran back there so you know overall I'm excited uh, what's your take on the second half of the game, and then what we have coming up next week? I guess. I mean, I, I mean, I think once we're a second half team. I mean, that's just Ohio State football. Always. That's why. That's why we have the best assistance. We go into. Ha- We've got a game plan. The game plan doesn't work. It's no problem for us to go in and go. Hey, you know what? Let's switch it up and do this. Um, they let JT move out a little bit more to get the ball to the receivers, which I thought was real good. Um. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, my lord, my lord, he is a man. Uh, I watched a lot of football this weekend. I didn't see really anybody at his age doing the things that he was doing. Even, I mean, he was blocking. Like, I mean, this guy is very sophisticated for his age. Um, God, Mike Weber looked like a goddamn statue on the sideline, dude. His body type is unreal as well. So, those two guys in the backfield of their offensive line, that should be good. Um... But I think with JT's – his passing, the way we're going to have to use him, we've got to establish the run. And I mean establish the run because JT just did not look accurate to me. It just looked like – like you said in the podcast, JT Barrett's going to be JT Barrett. I mean, I don't – I just – at this point, I don't know if that's good or bad. I it mean, just I, seems I, like – I mean, for anyone to expect him to turn into Dan Marino is ridiculous. JT Barrett has got a good middle-range arm. He's got great feet, and he makes smart decisions 99% of the time. His sophomore year, though, his passes, he could pass deep. He had, like, what, like 80 touchdowns one season? Like, he was unbelievable that one season. It's like we haven't – that hasn't come back ever since he hurt his knee at Michigan. It's just like – or against Michigan. It just hasn't come back to that air raid attack that it looked like he had. Now it just seems like, oh, I'm not going to go deep. And when he did – I bet you'll be surprised. I think when you see, I fucking hope so. He he owes it now. I think later in the season, I think he'll open up. He'll gain more confidence with receivers. Hey, that that relationship between receiver and quarterback is a very important thing that doesn't get earned in the days of summer. It gets earned on the field, and so when he starts opening up, I think because look how quickly we went back to Dobbins multiple times, throwing out of the backfield to Dobbins. You could see he was comfortable with that. 
And then the fact that like when Paris dropped that catch for the touchdown, the obvious one, the fact that he was able to bounce back, get that little, I don't think it was a screen pass. It was kind of an offside pass. Uh, what was it a six or seven yard outer? And then to break that open, I think you'll start seeing more confidence. This is the very first game. There were half the field who were freshmen on the field. It felt like at times. So I, I would not be one of those guys that start saying, Oh, you know, we're going to have to have Jake T run for, you know, 30 touchdowns this season. I don't think it's going to be a requirement. Um, so, but I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And well, let me just say this. I know you didn't see it. Florida State, Alabama, like the, it looked like a Super Bowl. Like, forget it being a first game. These teams were going at it. And I am talking the highest level. It looked like it was a CFP playoff game. It was amazing. The way these teams are playing now, Florida State killed themselves, shot themselves in the foot, a couple fumbles. I think the kid threw three interceptions before Alabama decided to take his knee and just snap it in half. So he's out for the year. Florida State's pretty much gone now, I think, without this kid. Um, but God damn, Alabama looks good. It is scary how good they look. And I just looked over at our team and I'm like, we couldn't even look that great for four quarters against Alabama, or against Indiana at Indiana. I get that. But Alabama's going on the road on a neutral site playing the quote-unquote number three team in the nation. And it looked like they were just coming straight off the championship game. And that's why I'm like, why is Ohio State always the team where it's like, well, in a couple of games, don't worry about it. We'll get there. It's like, you need to be there already. Like, I, we're, they're going to drop us in the polls. There's no way we're going to stay in front of Clemson. I don't think so. But, I mean, who, I, I, I don't think they'll drop us the until – I don't think they'll drop us because they want it to be number two versus number seven this week. I don't think a lot goes into that. We've yeah. seen that in the past. Like the, the voters aren't going to give a shit about what you're ranked we covered, going into a, a big game like that. We covered. We did everything we were supposed to. It was a Thursday night game. I, I don't see us getting dropped. Uh, talking to Clemson, not a, uh, a Clemson fan by any means. I have a friend that is a Clemson fan, uh, and he definitely highlighted on my Facebook page the Clemson band forming the 31-0 O. <laughs> Uh, halftime score that the Clemson band then marched out on the field. Uh, I give him a little bit of props. That was a, that was a nice thing, but boy, if I'm Clemson with the history of football, they had, I wouldn't be calling out the beast. Uh, you know, you, you got Clemson your, will Clemson. Yeah, Clemson, Clemson will Clemson again. Always, that's why it is. So I think that's kind of funny that they called us out. So I'm looking forward did to you, go ahead. Did you see Minnesota's marching band? No, <laughs> they ahead. were doing this thing, like row the boat. Because you know their coach oh, has the no. whole thing for the boat. Yeah. It was fucking sick. Like I hate marching bands if it isn't ours. They put it in like fast forward, so I didn't even have to hear the band. Which hey, I like that a lot. Uh, they were rowing the boat. It was really cool. It was it was awesome. By yeah. the way, I wish one university would come along and be like, we don't have a band, we have a DJ, and it's just one guy, and he just like just kills it the entire game. Do you want instead dancers? of there being like, no, I don't need dancers. I just need it like. UNLV be like instead of us having whatever we got Diplo and he just he's just our guy well I think it's funny because now all these bands are copying what Ohio State did right so Ohio State I mean Script Ohio of course very big traditional thing for years but about six or eight years ago we started doing these like almost live animations with our band and the movement on there and you know Nike made a commercial about it and all that now everybody's doing it you know and but uh, you know when they did the video game and they did Zelda oh that was really cool. 
Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael, did, Jackson Michael Jackson moonwalking, moonwalking was great. Yeah. There's some, uh, yeah, there's some classics, man. Yeah. And then our band gets in all that trouble, so it's like, oh shit, our bad. Yeah, really. That guy is that guy still trying to get his job back? I, I feel like he's never going to go away. <laughs> no, he was suing the university, and I think they settled or something. I can't remember. We actually did a, uh, we catered a deal for him and met the guy. This was before everything all broke out, all hell broke loose with that whole program. And he was actually a really cool guy. And and to see them practice and what they were doing, I was, I, I mean, I used to watch them practice in the parking lot over at Schottenstein when I lived on campus. But this was the first time that I'd seen like the modern van practice. And it was awesome. I mean, the they use they iPads now. Yeah, they, they use used, iPads now. Yeah, they would all mount them. Like a lot of them would have them on their equipment. They mount the field out. They do stop motion and all those pieces. It's, you know, it's not your grandpa's band anymore. That's for sure. I have no idea how they do any of that shit. Makes apps. I don't. Even, you, I, I could never play music, at all. I don't care what instrument. I, I can't play music. Even when I'm trying to drum in my car to the beat of a drum, it's not going to happen. Like I'm fucking terrible. I have zero soul in this body none that's not even to do with my dancing now if i'm hammered this boy can dance yeah i get some moves that come out of nowhere all my moves come from tito's and jack daniels <laughs> but yeah other than that music is that's that's a weird one for me i, I have nothing on me that's why i listen to like three different bands and that's it i think so so if, i mean coming up this week oklahoma i just saw that uh jordan parker they're uh Cornerback is out now for the season. He's a pretty strong piece. Wait, corner cornerback? They're cornerback. Yeah, not okay. quarterback. Yeah. All right. I mean, I think we we all have some ideas of what their quarterback's capable of doing. You saw the foot speed he displayed when he was running away from the cops from his DUI video. A, fucking, a brick wall, <laughs> a brick wall tackled him. But he did. Hey, they they. I won't lie. They blew the fuck out of UTEP. They they fucking they crushed UTEP. Yeah. Um, but once again, that was at their at their place. Ohio State wasn't a home. We started on the road. Um, I don't know though, man. I, here's what. Here's why I think we will win the game. I don't want to. We're doing our picks on uh, later this week. Just let everybody know. We're finally having the the, the Craig. The Craig is finally going to be on the podcast. My moral rival. So. Uh, I just don't understand how it's possible. A man who's younger than me can coach a football team to a victory over Urban Meyer. He's younger than me. He's 34 this Thursday. He turns 34. How in God's name can that man beat Ohio State? I don't know his name, but it just doesn't make sense to me how this is possible that we're supposed to believe Oklahoma just brings this young new system into our area and we just take it. Now – as I've said on this podcast before, we had the UCLA game, loss. We had the Texas game, loss. We've had big games where we've lost at home. We seem to be a little jinxed with them. But I got to say, I, I just cannot foresee this, this guy bringing this team in to beat us. I, I can't see it. So Lincoln Riley is who we're talking about, the new coach. He's age oh. 33, born September 5th. So guess what? Oh, Tomorrow's sorry. his birthday. <laughs> I got a I got a birthday gift for him. Yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting challenge that he's got ahead of him uh, to come to Ohio State, but he's got Baker Mayfield. I mean, and that guy is a stud, probably leading Heisman candidate right now. Um, I'm I'm telling you, I I would suggest that 
they're better prepared as a team to come to Ohio State and play than they were last year as us going there to play them. Uh, I, don't, I disagree. totally disagree. Totally disagree. Huh. Interesting. Well, I guess yeah. we can go over our understanding in our picks. Uh, last time I checked, the line was like eight. I think Ohio State and eight. Yeah. I haven't even looked at it. Yeah. I'm surprised. That's surprising me that you haven't looked at it because that's a uh, I think there's going to be a lot of action on this game. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll definitely have a, I'll have some action on it too. But I'm just waiting, let, let everything settle on where the, how the week went before I go and look up anything. I, this summer, I remember it was at seven and a half. So I haven't looked at it since. Uh, how about this? Just a uh, quick cleanup of college football. What do you think of Michigan's uh, uniforms? Uh, not a fan. Uh, they reminded me of is it the Thursday night NFL games where they all wear one single color Uh, color rush baby color rush so you know I I do give them props in the fact that the way they handle the Jordan logo and the way they use that and display that I think it's pretty sweet being a Jordan fan it's cool I mean I'm not of course going to be ever too excited about anything that Michigan does I have some friends that are that are my neighbors in Florida and they're huge Michigan guys. And I had to call them out on the corn cob look. I just thought it was a little too much. Uh, and they didn't like it either, but they're also in their fifties. So maybe it's a generational thing. Cause I, I don't know if that was really helpful in the recruiting wars to wear that or not. I mean, you know, I like when Ohio state a majority of the times I like Ohio state's alternate uniforms. But I guess the older I get, I kind of like the traditional stuff. So what'd you think? I loved them, actually. I'm shocked to say this. I, I loved them in this sense. I thought going against Florida, I thought Florida's uniforms looked really good. I did, too. Um, so, so I was a big fan of how they looked. Um, if Michigan would have mixed in blue pants, I would have been okay with that. Um, the one thing I think is more egregious than what they wear is goddamn Jim Harbaugh looks like a complete doofus on the sideline wearing – I think I swear to God they pulled his clothes out from some weird 1970s wardrobe. Like his hat looks like it's made of cardboard. His shirt looks like it's made of cardboard. He looked like a complete asshole on the sideline the entire time. I swear to God, I like I said, I think we're going to lose to Michigan this year. If we could run up and get this motherfucker 0 and 5 and get him out, so I don't have to watch him with his dumbass classes. They're like stapling things onto his uniform so it doesn't fall off because he gets so animated on the sidelines. I'm so tired of Jim Harbaugh. I, I can't – and it's nothing to do with his coaching. I think he coached up that team. I thought they looked they looked really good. But I am so tired of his look. And he wears the same thing every single game, and it just looks like trash. Did you think, Side he, note, did you think Michigan really looked good in that game? Yes, yes. I think they looked really good. Wow. Okay. Once again, for, a being, for being, a, being a first game, now quarterback, I don't – not what I'm saying. I think Will Spate just had a brain fart and had a pass that – a wide receiver had both hands on the pass, and then it got pick six. And then his next pick six looked like trash. But they just reloaded. I mean, that Florida Florida sucks. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, they were blowing that team up. Uh, quick side note: me and Doctor Mike Vim, we uh, consider ourselves the Taco Blood Brothers. That's our uh, betting duo. Uh, we did a parlay that included the Michigan Florida game. Uh, Doctor Mike wanted to take Michigan giving six. I wanted to take Florida getting six. So, of course, I trumped the doctor and I got my way. Um, so then we teased it, though, so we were getting 16 points. So with a minute left, we're furiously texting each other like, Florida, just don't do anything. Like, 
just kneel the ball down for it and we'll be fine. Goddamn quarterback goes to throw it, gets sacked in the end zone, fumbles the ball. The ball is just rolling out of bounds. If it goes out of bounds, we're fine. This Michigan guy reaches his paw out, catches the ball. He's in the end zone. They win by 24 points or something. Our dreams are completely just broke. Completely broke. Just bad beat. Bad beat. Florida just killed me. So terrible. That was one of the worst offensive games I've ever seen from a team ever. They could not do anything. They scored 17 points on two pick sixes. Right. I I wasn't impressed by Michigan. I thought they – I watched a little bit of the game. Uh, You know, you were keeping me filled in. I forget what I was doing. I think I was at the Cubs game at that point. Yeah. Um, And you're keeping me filled in decently enough, and I got to watch towards the end. And and maybe there was just something I missed during, you know, the first half or something. But I thought Florida looked like garbage, and I thought uh, Michigan looked like a team that was capable of beating garbage. Uh, so I don't know. We'll just, we'll just have, it's so early in the season. I mean, you know, I'm a, a big believer in the reason they play the games is because you can't predict all the stuff that's going to happen. And I have a lot of faith in what we have the ability to change our fate versus what Mr. Harbaugh and his boys up North will be doing. So we'll see. And I, I'll stick by my picks. I don't see us getting beat by, by Michigan. Yeah, the one thing, the one thing is it seems like Michigan can't adapt. Yeah. They don't adapt like we do. Um, they, but they definitely recruit like we do because they got some wide receivers over there that look crazy good, like scary good. But once again, I think we've got four quarterbacks at our university that could just completely start. Yeah, even in that breath, you say they recruit well. Well, I'll take our freshman class against almost any freshman class, probably even against Alabama's freshman class, and I think we can beat the living crap out of anybody with them. So, uh, I would say anybody but Alabama. I would say that. Um, I'm saying freshman class against freshman class. I would yeah, say I still it's, would. it would be tough against Alabama, but we'd beat the living shit out of Michigan. <laughs> Here's the thing I'm saying Harbaugh is recruiting for what he wants. So, in the same way, when I think the way Trestle recruited, it wasn't the Trestle wanted the best athlete, he wanted the guy with heart. I think that's the Harbaugh is going that direction more than trying to get the like, quote unquote best player. But what's Harbaugh won? I mean, I know he's a good coach. I'm not trying to say he's not a good coach. But what's he ever won as a coach? Uh, you, I mean, he's won huge games. He, he never won the national championship at Stanford. He oh, never come won on, a Super though. Bowl. I mean, he, he, put, he put Stanford on the map. And they remained on the map. Yeah, but that was because... And they were a decent team prior like, that he got there. Not great, no, but decent. No, not, not great. It wasn't like he, he took was... took them up. Yeah. Well, okay, so how many straight NFC championships did the 49ers go to? Three? Three, sure. What, what have they done since then? Nothing. Nothing. But they also where was Michigan, simultaneously, where was simultaneously benched their quarterback because he took a knee. That had nothing to do with him. <laughs> that had nothing to do with him. And where was Michigan before this? They were in the trash can, and now Michigan's on the come up. And but, but they're on the come up now. So, I mean, I'm not. I, what, see, I think you, you, you took it too far because I said. What has he won? And I also said, I think he's a really good coach, but what has he won? And there's a big difference. Like Nick Saban, I don't like the guy at all. He's an arrogant prick. But he has won. I mean, he has won more than any other coach in football has won. And that's a big thing. Who's saying Jim Harbaugh's Nick Saban? I never said that. I'm not saying you said that. I'm just saying, but I'm just trying to say, we're talking about 
Harbaugh as this great coach. And I think he's a good coach, but I don't think he's a great coach. I think he's a decent recruiter who's out of his mind, dedicated to his job, wants to win more than anything in this world. But if it's talent versus talent and they're equal, I'll take Urban Meyer any day of the week over Jim Harbaugh. I'm just saying he wants guys that get dirty in the trenches. Can we That's ask, a, can we, just not to change the subject too quickly here, but you were making fun of JT Brisket. Yeah. What's going on with Urban? Did Urban put 25 pounds on in the offseason? Uh, well, I mean, first off, it's early in the season. He can lose that weight. Maybe, little, I, I, you remember that letter he wrote to the family a few years ago about taking care of his health and doing all that kind of stuff? I'm a little concerned that Urban has uh, not hit in the exercise room as much as he should be. Dude, we both know the number one thing that's in, in right now is the dad bod. Urban Meyer's got the dad bod rocking. Um, this kind of snuck out of nowhere. I did I, I did think he was pregnant. I was like, oh, shit, is our next coach going to be born like in nine months out of Urban Meyer, which I'd be completely fine with. Um, no, concerning, definitely concerning, especially because he wears the tight Nike stuff. Right, right, because Harbaugh's but, uh, got that horrible picture. I think we all know which one we're talking about, where he's got his shirt off. He's at football camp. He's got, of course, the khakis on, and he's got that milk-white chest that nobody wants to be – uh, you know, have to be witnessed, but I, I, I don't want Urban taking his shirt off either. Let me ask you this. How about this? What is it going to take to get Harbaugh out of Michigan? I mean, if he loses three more times to OSU with the current team, that might oh, be Oh, so you're issue. saying if he goes 0-6 yeah. or 0-5 to start? Yeah, that might be an so issue. So if he's, if he's 0-4, you think he's, he's clean? And they go on 4 is clean. Yeah. Oh my Cause, god. Because you remember, you give him two years that weren't his kids. So then, what you're saying is give him four full years with his recruits and that kind of stuff. So that's six years, especially if the record is. I mean, if he's got a, a you know, seven hundred uh, percentage of winning, you know. So if he's if he's rolling out at like eleven and one, ten and two, but if he'll keep his job. I mean, if he's six and five and has five losses to OSU, there's no way he keeps his job. But well, it's, well, yeah, and the one thing, once again, and I'm not being pro Harbaugh here. I'm just saying he's got a winning record. Mm-hmm. But every time he leaves somewhere, it's because the administration or the owners are like, "This dude's crazy." They're sick and tired of it. Like, right. yeah, he wears it down. So, I mean, is he going to wear down these kids after a while? I well, mean, I think college uh, is perfect for him, right? Because college is four years. Your great players are three years. Most people can stand them if they're getting the results that they want. But tell me this. I don't see a lot of people coming back and saying these wonderful things about Harbaugh. When he left Stanford, there was not a lot of love lost by his players from him. Absolutely, when he left freaking the 49ers, they were just saying what a complete buffoon he was. So unlike, now I know Urban didn't have the greatest exit out of Florida, but there's still a lot of loyalty with his players that were with him during that kind of time. And Bowling Green there was. I mean, so, you know, it's, I, and I, it's not just an urban thing, uh, urban versus Harbaugh thing. I just, I, I just think he's a. I think Harbaugh is just a douchebag. Dude, Aaron Hernandez will always have Urban's back. Don't forget that. Um, <laughs> but it close. is like well, it is well known that uh, Andrew Luck and like Harbaugh don't get along. They don't speak. Right. It's like Andrew Luck was like a stud for that dude, and like, what the hell happened there? So he does wear people out. All right, that's a, that's way that's enough Michigan talk on this podcast for three years. Okay, done. From now on, we'll just talk, we'll just shit talk them. But I do I do like what they did in the game. I mean, it would have been very simple for them to take to kind of take the breaks off against Florida. 
and they just kept coming at Florida. So I like that. So to clarify, I do here, gotta, go ahead. Okay. No. no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say to clarify, though. So we have picks coming up on, because this podcast we're doing a day later than normal because of holiday. So we got picks coming yeah, up. Yeah, all, all you people at home not working on Labor Day, me and Jason in here just getting a pod done. Working. Lazy, lazy asses. So, and then we'll do picks Friday before the game. We'll have the Craig with us. I'll be in Columbus. Uh, and so that'll be interesting to get some insight from Craig. I think we'll pick some other games, maybe. Um, well, I think we got to talk about, yeah, we'll definitely have a, a pick thing. I want to do some NFL picks. So, right. yeah, cool. Um, yeah, it'll be like Jared's three picks or for the NFL or something like that. So, uh, ta- speaking of picks, I was a, at a bonfire yesterday at the uh, Doucette's compound. Uh, I had a, a two team parlay going on with dr mike uh we had virginia tech who held on to win very very late in the game while west virginia had a good chance didn't see anything except for the last two plays of that game and i had ucla money line against texas a&m uh going into the fourth quarter i looked out on my phone because i had the alert on it was texas a&m 44 ucla 10 so i officially knew that money was garbage i had no chance get a little text about three minutes in touchdown 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 i'm running to get to a tv i'm like there's no way ucla can come back and win this turn on the tv ucla 45 yard drive down the center of the field right in texas a&m space 45 44 texas a&m eats ass against this team UCLA steals a victory. Me and Dr. Mike, Taco Blood Brothers, we're back, baby. We are back. We are cashing checks, breaking necks. It was one of the most incredible games that I didn't watch. <laughs> didn't watch them. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. So I turned it off. I, 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 was, I figured it was over. There was no reason to be paying any attention to that game. And, of course, get the uh 6 a.m sports center this morning flipped it on and they're just going on and on and on i'm like what the hell did i miss i couldn't believe wait a minute. it wait a minute 6 a.m yeah yeah you got it what the hell are you doing up at 6 a.m pumping iron baby that's what we do around oh, the, here i got home at 3 a.m i know because i saw one of your instagram pictures posted i always have to count the hours back they're like four hours ago <laughs> and i was like holy shit jared's still up yeah well, I mean, it's Labor Day weekend. This is the, this is I'm doing this for all the hard workers out there. I'm doing it for all of the listeners. Yeah, I know, I know. You're, you're taking it hard. You know, we we had we did nothing. We like I was supposed to go to Doctor Mem's house, and yeah. we had a uh, like the most amazing day on Saturday. Uh, got a you know I told you we got to hang out at the Cubs game in like a suite, which was just yeah. spectacular. Got to meet my childhood idol, Ryan Sandberg, and hang out with him and talk to him for a long time. All complimentary of the Cubs. It was just awesome, right? So, and then we went out that night, and I took my cousins. I had like six cousins in town, so we went out and drinking. And how, oh, by the way, how are you having dinner at like 10 o'clock? Last night? No, on Saturday night. Yeah. I was, I was texting with Mem and you, and you're like, I'm at dinner. And then me and Mem went into our side conversation like, what the fuck? It's like 10 o'clock. So this is what happened. So it's like, like we went out. My cousin's like, I got this great place. Tango Sur. It's his Argentinian steakhouse. We'll be able to get in. And we had eight of us all together. Right. He goes, it's great. 
He's never failed ever in his decision to pick a restaurant with us. He's got great taste and all that. Well, we get there and the guy's like, half hour, you'll be able to sit. So we go back, we go have a couple beers, we come back, because this is a BYOB place too, right? So a lot of these in Chicago, right? So we got a bottle of Tito's with us and like six bottles of red wine, a couple bottles of white wine. We were there to drink. So we get there. Go back a half hour later. He's like, hey, he goes, it looks like it's going to rain outside. So I'm going to clear you off a table on the inside. And and just as he says that, like five minutes later, it pours down rain. Right. So now we're standing under this area. They have no bar in the restaurant. It's a small place. So we're standing under like this, just a little umbrella like thing, all eight of us. Uh, And he goes, it'll just be a few minutes. So in about 20 minutes, he goes, all right. So now this time it's about eight o'clock. He goes, all right. He goes. Let me, uh, you can go into our back room and you can drink your drinks there while we get your table prepared. Okay, cool. So we go in the back room. Can I ask you this real quick before you go any further? So when you B-O-Y-B and you're drinking Tito's, do you just have to drink it out of the bottle or are they like, hey, here's some mixers? No, I'll I'll go on for you. So we get in the back and in the back room, there is about a dozen clean wine glasses and a corkscrew and like a little area to put your stuff in. Uh, But there was nothing else there, right? So I was like, hmm, because I didn't want to start drinking wine and then get into Tito's and do all that. And I wasn't really drinking a lot anyways, honestly. Right. Please tell me you put the Tito's in the wine. Please tell me you put the Tito's into the wine because, you know, that's what I would do for damn sure. Well, let's just say that the Tito's was splashed with a little white wine to give it a little yes! help. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> this is my dream dinner. Oh. So. What was supposed to be like a few minutes while they were getting the table ready for us turned into another hour and 20 minutes. God damn. So now at this point, we've been waiting like two and a half hours to eat dinner. And when they finally set us at this table, we had to go back to the wine store to buy some more wine because <laughs> we've been drinking so much. Uh, and then the dinner at an Argentinian steakhouse just takes time. Lots of courses, all this kind of stuff. And this restaurant, it's 10 o'clock in Chicago and it's hopping, right? I mean, this is... You know, it's a Saturday night, blah, blah, blah. So it goes on. We had a big, huge dinner. We drank all the wine, drank about half the bottle of Tito's. And by the time we got back, it was like 11. No, it was later than that. It was probably 1230 or so. Uh, and I was supposed to go hang out with Dr. Mim. So I, I texted him politely and said, you know what, buddy? I'm just going to crash. So yesterday was uh, a day of recovery here at the house. So... That meant getting up at 6 a.m. to work out this morning was pretty easy, actually. Mixing any alcohol with alcohol, I'm in. If someone's like, we should put this into this beer, I'll give it a run. Sometimes you can come up with the best. When you do, when you put, I actually, when I drink Bud Heavy, I like to put whiskey into it. Yeah, I can see So you drink a little bit of the Bud Heavy. It's a boiler maker, but instead of you like sitting there sipping both, pour it in. This is one of the most legendary stories of all time. Jillian Doucette, and I, I believe we, we talked about it yesterday. I think it was eighth or ninth grade. I had two bottles of green Mad Dog, which flavor is green. I don't right. even know what the actual melon. Apple. I don't know. <laughs> it's apple. I, don't, I sure, sort of got side note on the side note. When I got arrested, I drank three of those. Anyways, so I go to her house, and I'm like, hey, this is how drinking is as a kid. It's like, how can we get this all in us as fast as we can, you know? So she had, like, let's just call it, like, 24 Budweiser's. And I had Mad Dog 2020. So we would like drink a little bit of the uh, Budweiser or we'd like pour it into a glass. And then we'd pour the Mad Dog 2020 in, swirl it around and drink it. Tasted like donkey. 
Nice. But we both, but we both had to like put up the front. So I was like, oh yeah, how about this stuff? I'm talking. We went on a voyage into space that I'll never forget. How drunk I was. I was like, what is happening? I was like, you can never mix things together like this. And then like the next time I drank, I was like, we, you know about mixing things together? Like <laughs> that really works out well. I remember once being at. Her name was Nikki. She was a cheerleader. I can't remember her last name. Her dad had like 31 different types of like whiskey and sky vodka and all this stuff. And we mixed them all together. And I remember the last thing that went in was Frangelico because it looked like the Aunt Jemima bottle. Yeah. It was the worst tasting thing I've ever had in my entire life. It was, it was so terrible. Do you wow. ever mess with it? Do you ever mix things like sure. that? Oh, sure. You know, but it's, I, I will tell you this. I, I would not ever recommend white wine and vodka. They just don't work well together. Just There's nothing appealing. They're both, like, I like just straight vodka. I can just sip on straight vodka. And I did like, you guys not have any, did you have no red wine? We had red wine, but we hadn't opened the bottle yet because we were at this Argentinian place as a steak place. So we were trying to save our red wine for dinner. Yeah, yeah. So we were yeah, going yeah, through yeah. the white wines and doing that kind of stuff. So that gave us a, a little bit of a challenge. Um, but yeah, but mixing all, but stuff. All that- but all that got drank, right? All that Tito's and white wine, it all got drank. Well, the, we drank about half the bottle of Tito's altogether. Um, okay. Which was uh, the perfect amount of Tito's. <laughs> you know, because with wine bottles, when you go to a BYOB place, like like a couple got up as they finished their dinner and we were sitting at the table and they gave us their half remaining bottle of Barefoot Beach, whatever, right? They just didn't, you don't want to cork it back or carry it with you. So, you know, by the time in our table, this restaurant was one of the loudest restaurants I've ever been in. And we were a loud group already because we, as you can imagine, been drinking for a long time. So it was kind of an interesting ploy. But people were just, you know, here's a bottle of wine and blah, blah, blah. So you're doing all that. But with the Tito's, you're like, okay, I got to, I can screw this up and, you know, like take this back with me. So I brought the remaining half bottle of Tito's back because I figured I'd drink it later. So let's talk about this. Wait, there was a couple who couldn't finish their wine bottle. They were like on their third bottle. I don't give a shit. You open a bottle, you finish it. No man down, man. That's, that's terrible. Yeah. It was a, uh, it was an older woman and a man, uh, and they were sitting next to us and, and they kept looking at our table. You know how it was? Cause I was the oldest guy at our table and they, they were easily 15 years older than me. So we're the young people that was loud and crazy and, and I, I think they were just ready to go for the evening. So, but the greatest thing, a, I, I will on, tell on you this though, yeah. BYOB, it is the greatest deal of all time because this place didn't have any corking fees. So we had like a dinner for like eight people with like steaks and appetizers and salads and everything you think. And it was like 250 bucks. What does corking fees mean? So like in Chicago, a lot of places will charge you if it's a BYOB, if you bring a bottle of wine, they charge you like $8 to open it and serve it in their restaurant. Or they'll charge you like a buck a beer. Or they'll charge you like, uh, and a lot of places won't even let you bring hard alcohol in. Huh. So, but this place had no corking fees whatsoever. So, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, but it, it is. One of my cousins suggested that we do this. Uh, she wanted to go to a BYOB place. And we said, okay. And then... They came prepared. Her friends came with them. So everybody brought bottles of wine. And we're the only ones that happened to bring a bottle of vodka because I wanted a cocktail. Uh, and then, you know, that's kind of how it went. It was fun. Food so was let fun. me ask you this. If you're if you're going to mix soda water into your cocktail once you're sat, 
do you pay for the soda water? Yeah. So, so what they'll do is like, you can bring your own mixers, but they also then have sodas and limes and all that kind of stuff. So it like, there was another table next to us that were experts at BYOB. I decided cause they had like vodka, rum, uh, everything. And I saw them constantly bringing out, uh, mixers to make like copperhinas, which are like, you know, the lime and, uh, uh, whatever mint and all that kind of stuff that they use in the sugar. So they had all that stuff and they were bringing out and the, and the server was actually fixing it. it was like doing all the drinks and then pouring their alcohol into it. So we didn't do what? that. Yeah. The guy asked me if I wanted anything at this point. And you know what? I take that back. Cause while we were there, he, we had, uh, they brought a, a can of, well, they brought us some soda water and they also brought us a seven up or a couple cans of seven up so we could make some cocktails at the table too. Hey, I like making my own drinks, like at the Connor fight, when I made that one drink where you guys saw me take a drink of it, and my eye almost fell out. It was so strong. Yeah. And I was just yelled, I just yelled, who made this drink? And I realized, shit, I just made that drink. I, I'm more into that. Yeah. I, you know what, though? I am a fan of making my own drinks at restaurants when it is something like that. I, I, I will I will say it makes it a little bit more of an adventure. Yeah, you can pace it yourself. It's, But the only thing I don't like about it. Pace? Pace? <laughs> well, I don't. I, what I didn't also like. Pace, Jason. I just didn't like, uh, like when I go out, this is what I was giving my cousin grief about. When I go out, half my favorite thing about going out is being served, right? I like, I like somebody to take care of me because I'm a pretty decent cook and I can cook and do all that kind of stuff. But when I go out, I like somebody to bring me my martini. I like somebody to bring me my bourbon. I like somebody. And so when I'm bringing a grocery bag in with me and then wiping down glasses and trying to make stuff, it's, I, I like the idea of it. It's definitely cheap. I mean, it's significantly cheaper, but if I'm going to go out somewhere nice, I would prefer to have a waiter to do that. Like my favorite thing is sitting down at Gibson's and having this wonderful martini that's perfectly made and brought over and sat on the table. It's perfect. But I'm also a snob. I, uh, I got to say, I'm a big fan of cocktails at Gibson's after I slam a 22-ounce beer at Chili's and they set my <laughs> cocktail down and I just fling it 24 feet and it just shatters into pieces. Yeah. That all that all did happen, everybody, on a trip to uh, Chicago. I met... I was meeting Jason and Steffi at a Gibson's. Somehow I got detoured at a Chili's in Chicago. The only uh, Chili's go- I've ever seen in Chicago you found, which was amazing. I, I, I was like, you guys are like, where are you at? I'm like, I'm at Chili's, idiots. Like, where are you at? Crush a 22-ounce of Chili's. I show up. That I get a Hendrix and uh, soda. They set it down. I didn't notice it. Somehow I sweep my arm around. When I do, somehow my arm like perfectly picked that cocktail up. And just flung it across. Like, that thing went forever. Just shatters everywhere. And, like, it was so far away, they weren't quite sure what table it came from. Right. Like, that's impressive. I mean, Gibson's corner of the Viagra Triangle where where big money and tight skirts hang out together. And we come in at, was it, like 4.30 in the afternoon at that point? Coming in. (laughs) Ah. Ah. Dude, if I'm stopping, if I'm pre-gaming Gibson's, chili <laughs> and i remember i remember being like maybe i should get some uh mozzarella sticks and you're like texting me like fucking get here we're gonna lose our table i was like oh shit my bad oh that's right. but uh yeah let me ask you this this is my big question for you so you ate at 10 o'clock right your wife is legendary for getting hungry what what level of hangry was Steffi on she had to be like where we just got to get something here so there was two rather good moves that were accomplished that day. One is me and all my male cousins all hung out at the game 
uh, Steph and my other cousin, uh, Michelle, actually left the game after like the third inning, right? So this is how my day goes. I get this email. Hey, we want you to come to the suite, blah, blah, blah. It's awesome. Oh, by the way, we don't know if you want to do this, but Ryan Sandberg is going to be there and we're doing a private signing. We'd love to have you as our guest there as well. Greatest email ever in my life, right? This is awesome. No, you really are you saying Ryan Sandberg's the greatest cub of all time, or is your greatest cub? My of favorite all time? cub of all time, my favorite okay. cub, because okay. it hit me in right that spot, right when I was actually understanding the game, right. So in '84 yeah. it was the Ryan Sandberg, right. So it's perfect timing and all that kind of stuff. So my favorite okay. cub. So <laughs> we go there, and of course I'm realizing now that the only other person that knows who Ryan Sandberg is is my cousin I share tickets with, but my yeah. younger cousins. Michelle, my younger cousin, and my wife have no idea who Ryan Sandberg is. <laughs> so, like, you know, it'd be like, I don't know, if, if somebody, like, they were talking about meeting the weekend, right? I, I thought it was a time. I didn't realize it was, they were talking about a person and how cool that was. So, I, I don't know anything about this. So, I was trying, we weren't able to connect, but so we, there we all are getting autographs. You know, I sit down, I start talking to Rhino. I, I've got this jersey. You, you probably remember, it's a jersey that I, refused not to take off through the entire playoff run. And I got mustard stains on it because I'm a yes. big doof. So I show it to Rhino and I'm like, Hey, he'd already signed a bunch of stuff for us. And we were just chatting. I mean, there was nobody there, just me and Ryan Sandberg kind of hanging out. And so he autographs it. And then he writes Ryan Sandberg, you know, hall of fame. And then he writes Cubs wins 2016. And he looks at the, and I was talking to him about this thing and he goes, I think now it's time to finally retire this. So I'm like, hey, yeah. right, great moment, right? I love this. So, but yeah, so we did all that. The girls then made it through like two innings. Uh, they had, uh, we had a hot dog. <laughs> we sat in this private suite. We had some beers. We had some cocktails and they took off. So they took off at like 2.30. Uh, Side note on this real quick. I've been to two baseball games with Steffi. Steffi has made it a total of five innings. Those two games. <laughs> I know that for, for a fact. Yeah. So. Yeah, so they were they were gone, uh, and they took off, and then we uh, stayed for until the bottom of the eighth, and then we walked back and we stopped and had a couple of drinks after that. Well, while that was going on, Steph and Michelle came back here, had a couple of drinks, I think, and had some food to get, carry through, and then yeah. when we went to this place, since it was a BYOB and we had all of our own beer, we were like, well, we got to find some place to get a drink while we wait. So where do we go? We go to a movie theater. Because <laughs> the, movie, the movie theater had a bar. Oh, my God. So it was like four doors down. So we go to this movie theater with really cool tables, super cool bar. They had everything you could possibly think of, including uh, zombie dust and gumball head. So I was like that. And then they got, we're sitting outside and we're like, boy, I wish I had something salty. And the bartender was like, we had the greatest popcorn at any movie theater. So what do we do? We got a huge thing of popcorn at the movie theater where we weren't seeing a movie so we could eat it for appetizers before we went to the restaurant that didn't have a bar. So oh, that was okay. I, I, Does that all make sense? Bad. But to answer yeah. your question, yeah, at about 9 o'clock, somebody was about to lose their head because Steph was a little hungry. <laughs> I was still saying, I was like, I mean, I can only, I mean, we haven't had Steph on yet. We're gonna have to definitely do uh, two minutes with Steffi sometime. But uh, yeah, I was—that's all I was thinking in my mind. I was like, "Oh no!" Like someone probably died at that restaurant. Yeah, yeah. But 
She held on like a trooper. It was a good time. We actually had a really good time. Just got back late, and that's when you guys were texting me about the games and stuff. So I was trying to catch up. So, By, by the way, in college one time, I had such a hankering for popcorn. I bought a ticket to see a movie just so I could buy popcorn and walk out. That is, and I, I live I like two minutes from this, uh, the Linux. So I was like, and I really want a popcorn. My buddy really wanted popcorn. He's like, what are we going to do about it? I was like, don't worry. Stay, stay in the house. I'll go get popcorn. I bought a ticket. I bought like four bags and just walked out. The woman was like, you know, you didn't have to buy a ticket. And I was like, oh shit, my bad. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You can just so, go in and buy food. That's yeah. That's, I didn't, I didn't go. Well, I thought they would try to think I was, cause I'm the master of sneaking into movies. So I thought, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't want to hurt my rep. I didn't want to get caught doing that when I actually am just really good. My, I once watched four movies in one day in a movie theater and didn't get caught. <laughs> I went from movie to movie to movie to movie. I was there for like a total of like ten some hours. Never got caught. They didn't walked was... out of there. Walked out of there like I just finished a, a, a nice little work shift. I was like, checked in, checked <laughs> out. Spent like four bucks, five bucks. Saw all the movies I wanted to see at the time. Got out of there. Had a bunch of fifty mls on me. It was perfect, man. Just walk out and get some nachos. That that's just living right there. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So bringing it back full circle. So we've got next week with the Craig coming online with yes. us for the first time. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that uh, Craig and I have shared together for many, many times is tailgating together. So I'm really kind of excited since we have sold the van, since we no longer have our gigantic tailgates that we used to throw, I'm excited to get down to Ohio state and be a, visitor of tailgates instead of the host of tailgates so i'm looking forward to that but well, we got we, we got to do the varsity club we got to spend some cash at the varsity club i wouldn't mind going Always to little bar either you don't want that no no when has anything gone right at the little bar <laughs> exactly Maybe one time for any time we just we just waltzed in and we're like oh this is gonna be so great we'll just have a cocktail here or a cocktail that is a fireball train do you remember the time we walked in and I was like, I want 50 fireball. And she goes, honey, we just sold out a fireball. I was like, good. Cause I probably would have bought 75. And out of nowhere, she pulls out like two handles. And she was like, did you say 75? And I was like, mother. <laughs> Your tailgate at CVS is perfect. Except for one thing. It was so close to the little bar. Remember the tokens? Oh yeah. When you got My all the free drinks. Like, yeah. Really? Yeah. They would give me like 200 tokens at the end of the season. We'd be like, well, I mean, we got to drink them all. I mean, the tokens change every single year. I am willing to go to the little bar, but I want the onus to be on someone else that, that we are going to get slaughtered if we go there. I mean, it's just – there's nothing to do with the little bar. It's just kids that look like they're in high school that somehow go to Ohio State, old people that are hammered that are, like, holding on to tables that are trying – like, because they're going to fall. And there's just shots everywhere. Everywhere. I okay, love so maybe we don't go to the little bar. <laughs> no, let's do it. See you yeah. there. I can't wait. So – but some of the best part about tailgates is the food. Yeah. Uh, well, I would I would argue that. That's why this is going to be one of the best dudes drafts ever. Uh, you know the Jared's route of getting of game day, uh, not eating and getting drunk. Right. Right. <laughs> and then and then praying somehow you get me back to your house and I could get pizza and that's that's kind of the way I went. I always think eating gets in the way of fun. But what I don't understand is eating as part of being a human being. Um, that somehow that always slips out of the old noggin. Um, so food, 
to let anybody know, Jason, once again, is a chef to a degree that it is amazing. When, J when Jason makes food, even if there's like mushrooms and tomatoes in it, I'll probably give it a run. Other than when we were in Italy where I promised them I wouldn't complain about any meal and I would try anything. When Jason cooks, I'll give it a run. I cook pizza rolls in the microwave because I don't think there's time enough to, to warm up the oven. So that's the two levels of cooking that me and Jason have. Um, so today's draft is going to be tailgating foods. Um, I think we're going to be a little bit, a little bit different here. I might sound like a four-year-old, <laughs> while Jason sounds like a, a mature adult. Um, but I think, that, I think this is a good one, Jason. This is actually going to be a fun one. Wow! Well, and it won't be, it won't be too in depth like me breaking down Ric Flair when you picked him. Yeah. I don't think it'll be that. Yeah, I, I bet we can do this top five draft in like five minutes max. Yeah. Honestly, I could just show you a kid's menu from Fridays and be like, this works for me. The appetizer so, section has got your name all over it. Cheese sticks, potato skins, chicken fingers. And uh, by the way, it's uh, it's me this time. I get to start because you got, woo, woo. Rick Flair yeah. in the wrestling draft. Yeah. By the way, that was a really fun one. I really enjoyed talking wrestling with you. That, it had been a we. I don't think we've ever talked about overall wrestling like that about all, all of our favorite guys. So that was actually really good. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Okay, right, so well, it's your pick, number one. So it's let's qualify this. It is yeah. top five your favorite tailgate foods. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, they should just call me Mr. Angles because I know how to work every angle of every dude's draft. <laughs> number one, jello shots. Okay, that's a good yeah, one. Hands down, hands down. Um, Julie is the best at bringing the jello shots. I like when there's different colored jello shots. I'm like, Ooh, don't have the blue ones. And then someone's like, ooh, have you had a green one yet? I love the crowd breaking down if there is a difference. And you talk to the person who made them, they're like, no, oh, every single color is the same. Right. Uh, my office administrator, Robin, uh, she makes all different types, like the blue one she makes with Chambord and a little bit of rum. Right. Or no, uh, vodka. I, I always I like all the different um, types there are. And by the way, I'm going to go and disqualify um, pudding shots as well and put them in here as well. Um, pudding shots are a little... Harder mm. to eat. I don't, I don't yeah. want. A, I don't want a small. Your spoon, fingers get nasty because you use your finger in it, and you just yeah. Not a fan of the pudding shot. Now I'm a pudding shot guy, but I'm a but I am a huge Jello shot. The guy. master of Jello shots actually is Mike Caldwell's mother. So oh, I don't know okay. if you know. Oh yeah, she's the one that makes all the Jello shots, and she has over the years honed her craft to becoming oh. the Emerald Lagasse of shots. I mean, no way. Oh, hers are amazing. I mean, Mike, Mike always comes around to the tailgate. Like, I don't know, like a half hour, 45 minutes. Cause he's usually at his dad's tailgate, but he always comes around and has a bag of shots. Yeah, this is embarrassing. Have I done, have I had these yellow shots before? I, I would assume so, but usually by the time oh, he makes it around, you're not what we would consider sober. <laughs> Uh, it's usually the one things that start to put you over the top, but she's like, like what you're saying. She does the, the various liquors, the different colors. She'll do swirls. She'll have multi-layered shots and, you know, and she's yeah. dedicated because she has all the, the perfect size cups and the lids. And yeah, man. As have you ever one, attempted to make, have you ever attempted to make your own jello shots? Oh, sure. Many times. I, I've made some great jello shots. I've made some terrible jello shots. And but I mean you got it. You got it. Nobody's going to throw jello shots. Away. You want me to they give you a secret? It. When I used to make them in college, I'd make jello shot bars. So that's where you add 
Knox uh, gelatin on top of the jello mix so it becomes more firm and you can cut them into perfect grabbable bars. And they can you sound take... like a drug dealer right now. Go I know. Right? Well, I did. I, I'm also pretty good at some of my edible creations as well. So <laughs> I make a mean chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, that was that was the key. And I'm surprised more people don't go with that because then you don't need to have like the individual cups. I think people like the cups, but it's too, to me, I like the bars because it's, it's almost like a cold gummy bear and you could cut them in perfect squares. Perfect. You know, you know, it's funny. I saw totally kind of on topic. The hot thing that was trending on Twitter earlier today was the fireball uh, gummy bears. Gummy bears that are made out of fireball that have like a like a 22 percent alcohol content in them. I was thinking, hmm, that's interesting. You Uh, know what's trending in my mind? (laughs) Fuck fireball, man. Fireball is retired. I'm done with it. We hung that though. That's, yeah. First off, that's not true. I guarantee you, we do a fireball shot on this weekend. But fireball is in the it's in the rafters. I mean, we got it to where to heights that we never thought it could. But that is one drink that I, yeah. I just can't. Like, no, I say I can't, and then when I have it, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember how much of a fireball. Yeah. But it's a one fireball shot limit. No, not touching. You it. cannot go higher than that. No, not touching it. All that's right. not true. I've, you've done a fireball shot with me since. Oh no, you no, I haven't. That's right. No, that's right. Your brother Zach bought nine, and I did five of them. Right. I haven't touched Fireball since uh, 2014 or 15 season, whenever that was. Um, I swore that off. So, all right, my number one pick, because I said we were going to get through this quick, and this probably isn't as cool as yours, because Jello Shots was going to be good. Jello Shots is on my list, actually, right? Oh, so, shit. No, so, no. But kind of the go-to for me at any tailgate, which I had done, you know, I've done tailgates for... 20 years, hosted them for years, cooked on them for years, you know, this whole deal. But people that know me know I did this. My favorite thing, something very simple. I love a good brat with onions and peppers and good stadium mustard. That's my favorite. Because you know why? It's like the perfect thing because it's got a lot of flavor. You can hold it in your hand. You don't need a bunch of napkins. There's not a bunch of other people touching it and grabbing it. You know, it's there's your brat. You eat your brat. Perfect. It's a good starting point. It goes great with beer. That's what I like. Here comes seven-year-old Jared into the uh, into the fold. Is the brat the one that you guys make in that like beer onion soup thing? Yeah. yeah no, I've never had a brat. <laughs> had a tailgate with you guys. As soon as I see there's onions and stuff, I'm like, I'm out. Like I'm not in on that. Yeah, I'm out. We know. We know. All right. Number uh, two coming in. Number number two for me. Uh, not easy to eat at a tailgate, but always like just such a cobra clutch thing because of the flavors. I love wings. Yeah. Give me wings. I like to have them the mess on my face. Some cute girl's like, hey, you got wing all over your face and you don't even care. That's when you know you're dedicated to eating food. When a girl's looking at you and you're like, I don't give a shit. I got barbecue on me. Hey, that's zing zang sauce on there too, girl. Like, <laughs> I absolutely love wings. And no ranch, no blue cheese at a tailgate though. No, no. You don't, no celery, no, no, no nothing. No. Yeah, none of that stuff. You're just eating wings. And by the way, don't even have a plate. Just dig in, get some, eat them, throw them in the trash, move on. You're a midnight marauder when at a tailgate. But I would tell you, the smart tailgate goes boneless because you don't want to have to deal with bones everywhere. You know I'm big boneless guy. Big time that. boneless. And I think that's yeah. the right way to go at a tailgate, you know. Yeah. Hey, but, but sauce is key. Right. I want some good sauce. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or salt and vinegar. <laughs> oh, hey now. Hey now. <laughs> so mine's kind of similar to that. My... 
One of my favorite tailgates we ever did was was one. I think it was against Maryland. I can't remember. We'll have to ask the Craig because I know he was there for it. We brought uh, 150 crab cakes back from Baltimore, <laughs> and we brought my deep fryers, and we outsmarted the system that day. So my number two thing is anything deep fried because we only did this at a tailgate. No. <laughs> you know, listen. Anything deep fried. <laughs> well, I'm telling you why, because at that tailgate, <laughs> not only did we have all fried. the crab cakes, but you know what else I brought? I brought pizza rolls. I, brought... I know. It's so, this is not fair. You cannot bring up pizza rolls. <laughs> yep. Just did. You, you if, drafted crab cakes. If you, if you eliminate pudding shots with jello shots, I can eliminate something else that gets... Anyways, you you're gonna microwave your you're gonna microwave your pizza rolls. Anyway, I was you know, my very next thing on the list is right here, pizza rolls, and that's exactly what I was gonna talk about was how Craig made amazing pizza rolls. Okay, it's back on the it's on the plate. It's back on the plate. So yeah. mine was the crab cakes that we deep fried were the outstanding one of my favorite ever tailgate foods that we did, which is completely you'll never see it anytime. We only did it once. I think I've had crab cakes before. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Honestly, I don't know. I, I feel like I have, uh, but yeah, that's that's all I can add. So, what's your number three pitch? Wait, wait, hold on a second. How do you deep fry a crab cake? Oh, you don't know. You know, crab cake is like you know, it's like boom, and then you take it. And I had a, a deep fryer does with crab, a basket. Hold on. Does crab cake look like uh, oatmeal? Uh, In a does weird it way? look like oatmeal? Uh, or salmon patty? Like. Yeah, it kind of looks like a pat. I mean, it's like a. It's about this big. Okay. It's like the size of your it. fist. And then you can yeah, you can okay. pan fry it. You can bake it. But when you deep fry it, it gets extra crispy. And it's so good. So, so good. Okay. Uh, number three, easy. Deep fried pizza rolls. Uh, the, whatever tailgate that was, I was at. We had pizza rolls that were deep fried. Yeah. I burned every single layer <laughs> off the inside of my mouth. Like, my mouth grew up like four years that year or that day. Also... Uh, every once in a while, Craig will bring hot, uh, hot pockets or sorry, uh, pizza rolls and put them in his little like. Craig's got that little, thing. yeah, that little steamer heater thing that's always got like remember, three little pots of surprises. Yeah, I remember I got so drunk one day that I was like, "Oh my god, there's only in my mind there was only like six left, but there was really like 60. and I was putting them in the, my pockets of my like sweater. <laughs> I remember I was having a conversation with someone, and I was just slowly pulling out pizza rolls and eating them, and they're like. Where are you getting pizza rolls from? And I'm like, hey, that's just life. And you were having again, that conversation with me. <laughs> oh, no, I completely Because the pizza rolls were gone and you kept having hey, them. Hey, don't forget this, Jason. I could also be having that conversation with a wall. Oh, yeah. Nobody gets after a tailgate like Jared gets after a tailgate. No. Um, also, just a side note. I know we're trying to go quick. Number one beef in society, not enough pizza rolls anywhere. I mean, we had some amazing pigs in the blanket when we were in Vegas. Pizza rolls are completely available to be made anywhere. They take no time to make. They take the same amount of time as a goddamn mozzarella stick takes if you put them in a deep fryer. Every, everybody should have pizza rolls. I, it just drives me nuts that I can't go somewhere and get a Tostino's pizza roll. And uh, over under pizza rolls I had this weekend, Jason, 59 and a half. I'm taking the over. It was over. I had 80. Yep, 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 yep. First weekend of football. I had I had at least Absolutely. I had to get out. I, I figured. All right. All right, go so mine, uh, number three, uh, and this started when we moved to the CVS lot, is cheap ass pizza. God damn it! <laughs> oh, shit! All right, I knew I'd get one from you. But I'm telling you, I'm not a fan of Domino's. 
99% of my life. But when you can walk across the street and get a, a, a flaming hot cheese pizza for five bucks, um, I, I can't remember how many times I walked over and bought like 10 or 12 pizzas at a time and just brought them back to the tailgate. They're the best. Nothing's better. And then, you know, if you step it up, you go to VC and get, or not VC, Outer End and get a freaking pizza, which is pretty good. And then, of course, the King over at the Varsity was the best. But yeah, I love good cheap pizza at a tailgate. I remember pouring beer is like nine in the morning for a noon kickoff and be talking to someone just over their back. I'd see the Domino's logo and be like a couple hours, <laughs> just a couple hours. Just we'll, couple we'll be going rocking. And by the way, campus, uh, Domino's famous for girls showing their, if you show your boobs, you'll get free pizza. So just shout out to ladies. If you want to do that. All right. Number that's, four. That's all I had for you there. This one's super simple for me. Good chip and dip. Yeah. I like a good that. chip and dip. Same now here. here's, Here's where I go back uh, on the one thing. You do need a plate in this situation. Um, but the one thing, I, the caveat against this, don't bring that stupid-ass hot chicken dip. That thing sucks. I can't. <laughs> the buffalo chicken dip, like, you're not a fan of that? Yes. Yeah. It sucks. Everybody's like, oh, mine's so good. Some people, you, do you know some people use chicken out of a can? Yeah, of course. Out of a can. Yeah. Go home. You know you know who deserves should be in a can? Oscar the Grouch. Not chicken. Chicken doesn't come from a can. Chicken comes from chickens that are cans. <laughs> from the sea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chicken over sea. Chickens are from the sea. So um, dip wise, I like me a good uh, a good uh, nacho cheese dip. But good you queso. rarely see that. Yeah. Yeah, good queso. And uh, give me some Doritos. Yeah. And now you're going all over the place. You're taking a bunch no, of different things. That's not true. I'm not. Fine. You know what? Doritos. Doritos and queso. Doritos and queso. Okay, that's good. I had I had chips and dip. I that's a strong play there. You know what I like, and this uh, Mr. Gallo made famous for me was the Crave case from White Castle. Oh shit! I'm telling that's you, good it's one of my favorite things. Somebody comes rolling up a couple hours after we set up tailgate. We've been drinking beers, got a couple games of Tiger Woods into us, just starting game day. You're like, man, I'd like something. And you see some food. We got some stuff laying out, right? There might be some cold eggs out there. or There might be a, you know, a half a cheese Danish that we kind of picked at or something like that. And then somebody, 99% of the time, Nick comes walking up with Crave cases. And nothing beats a whitey at that point. You're just starting to get your roll on. You're just like, yep. And you're like, I'm just going to have one. And next thing you know, you've had a second one. And then, you know, then one of our friends eats all the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, hold on, those not give you the shits though. No, I've never had a. White, I can't eat a White Castle burger because there's onions on it. Yeah, no, they don't give me the shits. Right. By the it, way, we have our own, our own bathroom too, so it didn't really matter. So in the old days, yeah, we had our own bathroom, and it was really non a non issue. But now that was that was good. I could handle a good whitey with that. The key wasn't to I, have five; it was to have two. Jason, I can't believe I just won this draft with this next pick. Do you have any idea what I'm about ready to say? No, it's probably something I missed and I'm just going to feel. Oh, you oh, you missed something all right. You're going to be like, oh, fuck. There's one, in all of our years of tailgating, there was one sneaky surprise that we never saw coming. Panera breakfast sandwich. It's on here. It's my next pick. It's no! my next pick. That is the number one. Well, we, the Panera first breakfast time sandwich. we went in there, yeah. it was all now, we didn't have them for a, the first few times. It was like kind of warm out. They right. got cold out. She was like, hey, do you guys want one of these? 
she had that thing in the panini, which I didn't see coming. Yeah. That came out. The cheese was oozing off the side. The bacon was crisp. I could have ate 17 that day. I know that for a fact. Oh, they were good. We, and every single day. That was a cannot miss. Shots out the Panera bread. But what was her name? Jenny? Yeah, something like that. I forget. Yeah. Wood. Yeah. Uh, that stuff was completely amazing. So, shots out the Panera bread. The breakfast sandwich. Those things were just so clutch. And I remember we didn't get one time we didn't buy Zach one. And Zach was like in tears over it. So. <laughs> oh, he went back in and got one, I think. Well, 100%. Oh, 100%. I mean, we got to tailgate so early. There was nothing else to do. It was either playing Tiger Woods or eating Panera. So. Yeah. Dad, they, they gave him to they comped him to us after they charged us eighteen hundred dollars for the parking spot. <laughs> we got three breakfast yeah. sandwiches. Hey, whatever. <laughs> we, we got the we got to steal the deal out of that. Do job. you remember that whole deal when we set up? When I first set it up, they were like, "Okay, with each parking spot, it's I don't know seven hundred and fifty dollars, and it includes food for four people." And yeah. I'm like, "Well, I need like eight spots, and I don't really give a damn about your food." <laughs> And then the one time we had those breakfast sandwiches, I was regretting my negotiating tactics after that. that I was, was like, bad. I should have kept the breakfast sandwiches at play. Do you remember the Indiana game where it just rained and turned to ice and we, we, we had, had to like ice skate? Rink? To get, yeah. we had to skate. <laughs> I, was, I was so hammered and I was just like skating so slow to get to the beer taps. Like not today, not today. The generator today. was like, uphill. And I kept, yes. sli- every time I tried to go get gas, because it was next to the beer cans, I would slide all the way back. And then after I, I sat there on my hands and knees, chiseling the ice away. And you could not, nothing. College traditions. You need a better drainage system, bro. Like, that was complete trash. No, and we you did, remember, no, you remember we did all that work. And then by the time everybody showed up for the game at like 11, everything had melted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, what are you guys doing? We're like exhausted. <laughs> by the way, the most, the worst thing about tailgating we know like every single time we had a plan of like, all right, we won't drink until this out. None of our plans ever worked. Never, never, ever, never. All right. Let's finish it up. All right. So my last one, a little strange, but I'm not usually a big dessert guy, (laughs) but I'm telling you, there's something about like when you come back to the tailgate and you've been drinking beers and all that, and you just don't want anything. And there's always like that one box of like chocolate chip cookies, (laughs) Or something okay, sweet I like that, that I like. I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that right now. So, especially like if somebody made their own chocolate chip cookies, right? And there's just like a platter of them sitting there. So I'm gonna go with the uh, chocolate chip cookie, a homemade chocolate chip cookie, as my final pick. I'm gonna go opposite on just one thing. I want it store bought from like Giant Eagle. I know you do. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, so uh, Jillian Doucette, a uh, big time listener of the podcast. <laughs> Uh, I was at her parents' last night watching well, – I had run in to watch that UCLA game. So I'm drinking. We had eat, ate, ate food and all that. I, like, sit down like, oh, my God, I need something for a rally right in front of me. Chocolate chip M&M cook, cookies. Nice. I'm like, I'll have one. I'll have one. I had, like, nine or ten. I was like <laughs> – every time they completed a pass, I'm like, got to have another cookie. So, yeah, no, uh, cookies are a home run hitter. And the best part is when you're eating a cookie to tailgate – it can all just crumble everywhere. You don't oh, you don't shit. give a damn, right? It just goes everywhere. No. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I'll eat two cookies at once. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's some Somebody uh, made I one like, time, like, somebody made like chocolate chip cookies that had like a layer of like cream cheese and icing and then another chocolate chip cookie on top of it. And that I was pretty that spectacular. Though. I was a big fan of that. 
and, that. and at that point you're like, Oh my God, I'm so overindulging when you've already had like 15 beers and like six slices yeah. of pizza, like that cookie's going to put it over the top. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So just to run down, you've got jello shots, wings, pizza rolls, Doritos and queso and the breakfast sandwich at Panera. And I have brats, uh, deep fried crab cakes, cheap ass pizza, white castles and cookies. <laughs> I mean, let's go tailgate. Let's I was going to say, can going. I tell you how forward I'm looking to Saturday right now? Yeah, that sounds like my perfect Saturday. Oh, my God. Like, what if it went in that order, too? And it would end with chocolate chip cookies. Fucking, it would end with breakfast sandwiches and chocolate chip cookies. I'm all in. I'm all in. Buckeye, Buckeye's my 200. Oh, man. And don't worry. Don't worry, I've already started working on a mathematic equation of when I'm going to start drinking on Saturday. Oh, it's yes. looking bad. It's looking bad. <laughs> I didn't carry the one, I can tell you that. It's going to be bad. Oh, man. <laughs> All righty. Well, that's a fun run. So, I tell you, I'm looking really forward to getting back to Columbus and uh, seeing you next week. I guess, Jesus, yeah. like four or five days. So, yeah. we'll do the next podcast live uh, from your house. With yeah. the Craig, and we're gonna do it after happy hour, right? Yeah, we got a lot of whiskeys. I'm gonna meet you. I'll, you, you. You were talking about meeting some people out. I'll meet you guys out. Okay. And then we can roll back here and do that. That way, I can get some beers out there. And then we got. Well, I think we should break down some whiskeys as well. I mean, I got I got the collection here, so. Yeah, that'd be fun. I, I, do we I, do we want to do the America's favorite game? Two minutes, uh, Big Brother. Sure. Why not? All right, I'm gonna start the clock. Ready? I'll ask you a question. When we start the clock. Ready? Hold on. Three, two, one, go. Can you believe what Paul pulled off? You know, it, this almost seems like it's scripted. It's so perfect. When he got uh, Kevin to lay off the buzzers and have that whole thing plot through, it's this is ridiculous. It, it, it's almost to the point, it's unbelievable how yeah. every single person there is completely bought in that Paul is their best friend. So it's, it's, I, I hated it. And now I'm just like, Oh my God, you can see it unfolding. He's, it's like what Conor McGregor said about painting his picture or his painting. I'm seeing his painting. And even he was like, guys, I got a one woman, a one legged woman to win a sprinting race. Right. Like you, you couldn't script it any better. It is unbelievable what Alex and Jason did. And when Jason got nominated, by the way, that was great how he took that. Cause he's just like, yeah. I knew I should have took one of those apples. Yeah. I, I'm telling you well, right now, is there any way Paul doesn't make it to the final three? No. Absolutely not, right? He's completely he's protected no one, from all angles. Because no one's got any balls to try to take him out. At some point, you think but they would sit around and go, especially after what he just pulled off with this Kevin thing, it would seem like there's enough intelligence, especially from Christmas, to look at the other people and say, you know what, guys? We just all got played into the greatest thing, and even though it's what I wanted... I know that I can't beat him at the end, so we need to get rid of him, and then we'll just divide it up. That would be the only thing to me that would save this season. Because right now, it's I just watch it more for, as a piece of art to watch how well he's manipulating this deal. Hot take, hot take from Jared. I don't think Paul makes the final two. Wow, interesting. Uh, I think I, I think once again he's a lovable loser. You got ten seconds. What do you think of that? Uh, I think he makes it. You think he wins it? Yeah, I don't think he wins it, but I think he makes final two at least. And depending up, I you know you know what I take ah, it that he's going to win. It. That's it. You're out. All right. That's all you got. 
can't go over. There's those two minutes. I feel so much better about myself now. Yeah, that was, was amazing. Everybody at home is just like, what the fuck do they just talk about? Who the hell is Paul? Yeah, yeah. that's good. All right, I'm done. We got oh, stuff geez. to do. All right, all right. Okay. You know what? Then get off the podcast. I got, I got stuff. You're going to keep going? All right. Yeah. It was good talking to everybody. Well, Look forward to talking to you uh, from Jared's. It's all yours, to one guy being dudes. <laughs> it's one guy being a dude. Here, with your host, Jared Camden. Amazing, amazing. No, I'm looking forward to uh, this weekend. That's going to be great. All right, buddy. Sounds good. I'll talk to you. Yep. Follow us on Twitter at Two Guys Being Dudes, at JBCamIII, and at JFrost. Follow on Instagram at Two Guys Being Dudes. Visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Two Guys Being Dudes, and on the web at www.twoguysbeingdudes.com.